Estival, Mellifluous, Gentacular, Snollygoster, Gardilu. I love words, definitions, and learning a new way of saying something. If you are like me, I have a treat for you. Every Wednesday on our blog, we post a new and different word in its definition. Expand your vocabulary, lengthen your lexicon, grow your glossary, and check out our Word Wednesdays at www.bookinterrupted.com blog. Parental guidance is recommended because this episode has mature topics and strong language. Here are some moments you can look forward to during this episode of Book Interrupted. I don't have this human giver syndrome. So it's like, am I not a good enough woman? Kiss, you can hug, you can do exercise, you can meditate, you can daydream. <laughs> Burnout is my Moby Dick. Yeah. So. <laughs> do you hear that, Nagoski sisters? <laughs> Clarissa Piccola Estes. I was ready for it. I don't know <laughs> that I would have fallen in love if I wasn't at that particular point in time. But if we're reading about facts or data or whatever, you don't need to dress Just it up the for facts, me. man. Yeah. <laughs> Just give it to me with no underpants. <laughs> <laughs> no underpants. Book Interrupted, a book club for busy people to connect and one that celebrates life's interruptions. If you'd like to join along, this book cycle is from September 5th to October 16th. It's Kara's book pick, and we're reading Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. This groundbreaking book explains why women experience burnout differently than men and provides a simple, science-based plan to help women minimize stress manage emotions, and live a more joyful life. Let's listen in to this episode's group discussion. So I actually liked the book. I mean, I liked it, okay. I found a lot of it stuff I knew already. Nothing was new to me, or very few. I think that for someone who's going through, just like Sarah said about people that are going through this active stress, I thought it was great that there was actual physical things you could do instead of you should mm -hmm. feel this way. Like here's an exercise you can do. And here's an exercise. I didn't do any of them. I don't really feel like I need to do any of them, but I maybe at some point, and I think there's a lot of people that read self-help and they're like, you know, this is this way that you should feel, or maybe not should, because I know self-help hates the word should. The idea that there's something you can concretely do. The practical components. In mm -hmm. order to to fix or to help or to whatever. I liked that. Me too. I want to bring up the idea. This is what I talked about a bunch is the human giver syndrome whole thing. Oh, yeah. I had a huge problem. I still don't know how I feel about it. Mm -hmm. I just felt like they, they were like, you shouldn't be a human giver all the time. And, but But all women are human givers. And if you're not a human giver, then you're not a real woman. Every time they mm -hmm. referred to a human giver, they were trying to refer to women. But I don't feel like I'm a human. I don't have this human giver syndrome. So it's like, am I not a good enough woman? 
because I don't want to give everything to everybody. But then they're like, you shouldn't do that. But then it's also all women are like that. And mm-hmm. I got to really. And by default, kind of- if you're not a giver, then you must be a taker. It was very yes. like this mm-hmm. or this. Similarly, Lindsay, I was like, well, I have a husband actually who is a giver. And yeah. by default, I guess you would therefore classify me as a taker, but I do have moments of giving, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So I found it confusing as well. I wouldn't classify you as a taker. I don't wouldn't yeah. either. Oh, I totally think of myself as a taker. That's oh, Yeah, crazy. I just want to suck it all. Uh, I was like, uh, what, uh, you want to uh, pay attention to me? I was like, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I don't think of myself as a giver or a taker. I feel like it's balanced. Well, I didn't like that either, yeah. Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one or the other. Yeah. That whole mm-hmm. human giver syndrome. I'm like, because yeah. I don't know if that's a real syndrome. Yeah. No, it's not real. It's just not that black and white. I mean, maybe for some people. I think it would yeah, be your motivation. Not for all women are human givers. All men are mm-hmm. human beings or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. Well, are we kind of back to the one of the beginning points that Meredith you raised and it's actually spot on. I think that this book is talking specifically to their ideal reader is I think female, a woman and it's a particular type who most likely would identify with being like, "Yeah, I do suffer from human giver syndrome." You know, and we're just not I don't know, we're women filled with lots of complexities and nuances, you know? I think that's one connection point between all six of us is that we very rarely fall into like a, we are just this or just that. Well, I think that's true of all women. And that's maybe what the underlying problem with this book is, is that they try to find this very specific woman. And maybe all of us kind of was like, oh, like that's kind of simplified. I wonder if many women who read this are also like, I'm more than what this is saying. Like, yeah, some of this applies and some of it doesn't, but there's so much more. It's not just patriarchy, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, would anyone recommend this book to anyone? Mm -hmm. I like the practical components. Yeah. And then the research that just supports that it's really important to work on those relationships with others. Yeah, I'd recommend it to certain people or as a, you know, an easy, I didn't find it a difficult read. I know some of you did, but I flew through it. I thought it was, and you know, I think a lot of women, this would be useful to them. So I'd recommend it with, to some, what do we call it? Now we still don't remember what we call it with reservations, with with reservations, with whatever, for certain people, I recommend Mm -hmm. What about you, Sarah? Would you recommend it? I'm the same as Lindsay. I would recommend it for anyone Personally, I'm just not in that place, but there was lots of things in it that I thought were really beneficial. And I like, like Lindsay said, all the exercises. I also liked that they gave more than one thing you could do, you know, in the exercises. Yeah. It wasn't like do this one thing, meditate for an hour, and then you have such a hard time meditating that mm-hmm. you never do it. So you never have the thing that's supposed to help you and you're stressed out. It's like you can kiss, you can hug, you can do exercise, you can meditate, you could daydream. They give us like endless things that you could do to help yourself. So I would recommend it to anyone I feel is in a situation where I could tell they're burnt out and maybe they're having health problems due to it and they don't know how to get out. And they feel like I used to feel like being on some sort of crazy train, I can't get off. So I would recommend to anyone that was feeling that way. I think it's a great book for that because It gave so many different things. And also if you're feeling 
the patriarchy, ugh, then it kind of makes you feel better. Or if you're feeling like I can't go to work and always be smiling and happy and I don't have time to exercise or do yoga and I, I'm always the one cooking and cleaning, like you're feeling like some of the people in the book, then reading it could make you feel like you're not alone, you know? So yeah, I would recommend to certain people, but not to everyone. Yeah. Do you think that Leah doesn't recommend it? Based, um, based on- oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> like, goodbye. Goodbye. She's yeah. out of here. Because she left. <laughs> See ya. Leah has spoken. Oh, she's back. Oh, we can't hear you, Leah. You're muted. So sorry. I'm going to sign out early because I can hear someone in our new house. Oh, oh my God. Okay, we'll see, see you in a bit. And I recommend the book. Oh, she broke into it. Okay. Sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. Yeah. Don't be sorry. Like Lindsay, I don't think, I don't know if I learned anything new in the book. I like to, you know, kiss somebody for a long time. That's nice. I wouldn't recommend the book. I really, it was really tough read for me and I didn't finish it. It was just every time I picked it up, I just, it felt like it was adding to my being like, oh, I could read this book. And just adding it was like the out. opposite. It was burning me out. No. Yeah. <laughs> so I wouldn't, and I know it has some good tips in there and stuff. I wouldn't recommend this book. If there was an equivalent that was written differently, maybe. Mm -hmm. It was a really tough, really tough read for me, which is not typical of, I read lots of, it was like reading Moby Dick. <laughs> the new, I've never finished Moby Dick. When I pick it up, I'm like, I'm going to do this. And then I'm just like, oh, I can't read not. about more whales. I haven't even met Moby Dick yet. And I have to put this book down again. The whale hasn't even surfaced. So I kind of felt like that. But burnout. <laughs> burnout is my Moby Dick. Yeah. So. Do you hear that, Nagoski sisters? <laughs> they may be flattered oh that's a classic Ooh, <laughs> totally, right? they're only flattered because they've never tried to read it i'm just joking but like seriously <laughs> yeah. pick it up one day and just be like oh my god anyway yeah i is go. it me am i the last one yeah yeah okay right. i don't feel like i can recommend it because i didn't read it and if someone was presenting in a way that i felt this book might help them i might tell them about it but i would also tell them i didn't read it <laughs> which I guess wouldn't be a really glowing recommendation. No. <laughs> you might want to read this. I stopped, but maybe you'll get through it. Maybe it'll be helpful to you. <laughs> maybe, maybe you're going to make it through. I've got a copy if you want, <laughs> but you clearly need it. Or read Moby Dick. <laughs> yeah. I feel like how Meredith feels, which makes me feel better because I didn't know if I was going to be the only one, but I had a very similar experience to Meredith with it. So I don't know if I've been really conclusive in my recommendation oh. or not, but that's the end of it. <laughs> Do you guys oh, no. always think that when you either really loved the book or had a hard time with it, that everyone's going to feel the same and then it's never that? I think opposite. Yeah. Well, no, actually, if I love it, I think everyone will love it and then surprise if people don't like it. But when I don't like it, I think everyone's going to love it and I'm going to be somehow insulting or weird or didn't get something out of the book that Ooh. everybody else got or something. Yeah, I worry about the being insulting, right? Yeah. Like, I don't want somebody, oh, you didn't read my book because you don't like me? Or I yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, no, it has nothing to do with that at all. I like yeah. everybody who is here. I don't yeah. like the authors. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, feel, I, say, I feel bad when I don't like a book for our club, but also if, generally if I don't like a book, I always feel bad about it somehow. Somebody worked That's hard funny. on this book and, yeah. Yeah. and I'm just like, I, feel bad. I don't like I it. I do feel bad about that part for sure. I also just, yeah. I think, come to view books. Sometimes I think that they're a lot like partners. Have you ever dated someone and you're like, I think it's about timing. 
So oftentimes in life, the connection isn't just about the person or the book, but also who are you at this point in time? 100%. I'm like, oh, this has spoken to me. And it makes a lot of sense. Why? Because of the themes that are going on in my life. But you could read it another time. I'd be like, that book sucks. Like I was ready for Clarissa Piccola Estes <laughs> women. Like I was ready for it. I don't know <laughs> that I would have fallen in love if I wasn't at that particular point in time. I uh, couldn't agree more with you. I totally think that that's a huge variable in how well a book lands with an individual for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm reminded of Untamed. This is when you guys are talking about this too. Him was like, so just, this is the book. And a lot of us, definitely me, obviously, really didn't like it. And so I think you were shocked. What do you mean? Like, yeah. what do you mean you don't like it? What? Hey, let's talk about so some more. Yeah, which was interesting to see the differences. I always like that too. You know, I think now that we've mm -hmm. done this for a while, I can kind of guess what everybody's going to think about a book. Ooh, let's add that as a feature. Ooh. Like we make predictions. Lindsay guesses for everyone. <laughs> Everybody guesses for everyone. Mm. You know, like I think you, you, you finished. You, you, you like it. You, you, you don't. Who did you think was going to love it, Lindsay? Did you have an idea? Were you right this time? For this book? Yeah. Well, I figured Kara liked it because she picked it. I thought that Sarah might appreciate it, but I think that's kind of the similar because I felt like she went through that. I'm surprised that Mare didn't like it because I know you've been going through actual burnout. Yeah, I totally get burnt all the time. Yeah, yeah, like severe burnout. So I felt like you might be able to find something in it. So that surprises me. Severe burnout. Yeah. You know, I wasn't, Kim's always a wild card. I don't know. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I know, me too. I can never predict. I thought Kim would love this book. Yeah. I just thought you would like this book for some reason. Yeah. But you're right. I should have realized with the stories. You don't like spoon feeding yeah, yeah. fictional stories within yeah. a nonfiction I, book. Yeah, totally. I don't like that either. I'm just like, Ugh. Yeah. I don't think they're fictional, though. I think they're real. They just chose fake names. They're composites of several people. So they're, they're based on real people. That's what they said, yeah. <sighs> but the numerous people. They're using it as a tool, yeah. Oh. But I don't like the storytelling either. Yeah. Yeah. Just tell me the facts and I got the fact and I can move on. I don't need you to demonstrate how it plays out. Yeah, yeah in a book like this. I like the stories. Yeah, I like oh, they're cute. I didn't mind the stories either. That's funny because I'll enjoy fiction when it's fiction. But if we're reading about facts or data or whatever, you don't need to dress Just it up the facts, for me. man. Yeah. <laughs> Just give it to me with no underpants. <laughs> <laughs> no underpants. Just go read the Give research. me the data. Yeah. <laughs> no underpants. <laughs> I don't think we have a reference so the listeners will understand that. Just a sports bra, please. Okay. Give it to me raw. <laughs> there you go, folks. The naked truth. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Thank the you. butt ass naked truth. That's right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> don't dress it up with underpants. Is that better? <laughs> Let's don't dress it up. We don't need to dress up that this clear? dress with underpants. <laughs> we don't need to dress up this vagina with underpants. Just give me- <laughs> Just give me a dress with no undies. It's <laughs> nice wearing a dress without underwear though, because it's so breezy. I love it. Like yeah. in the summer. Yeah. And risque. Yeah. Like it, it feels feel nice sexy. as well as it's- Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you feel sexy. Like, ooh, nobody knows. Oh yeah. Oh, I never wear underwear at home. Like when I'm at home on a dress, oh, never. No. Not a bra, not underwear, just the dress. Forget it. No bra, no underwear. You're at home in your happy place. Oh, no, I always do. The only yeah. time I don't wear underwear is jammies. 
Like I'll wear nighty without underwear, but no, I can. I I've never gone out of the house without underwear ever. I don't think ever. Really? No, huh. never. Give it time, Sarah. Give no. it time. I don't think she's gonna change. Yeah, I don't think she so may or may not be no. a phase. Yeah. It, it would it's be a, a huge phase. accident if she left the house with the underwear. There's something accident. wrong. You know, there's she something waits wrong. till she's 83. She was in a big rush. To make she's a on the big way change. to the hospital, probably. Yeah. <laughs> something has gone terribly wrong. The yes. house is on fire and she's still wearing her pajamas. There you go. There we go. That would be That's it. the scenario. That's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even then she would have tried to make at least one or two attempts on her way out of the burning house to grab underwear. It's funny, actually, when you talk about that. So we get bread every day, fresh every day here, and you pay the baker for the month. So you just go get your bread and come back. And I never go. What does this have to do with underwear? <laughs> this is what, because I don't wear underwear in my jammies. Okay. But I will not leave the house in my jammies either, ever. Maybe because you don't have underpants on. So the kids are like, why don't you get it? I'm like, I do not go outside without, with my jammies on because I don't have underwear, I bet. You're too exposed. It's like unacceptable <laughs> to be outside with my jammies. Wow. You got standards. Interesting. I love, I just like the visual of you talking about going to the baker. And I was like, I like this start of the story. And I wanted to imagine how underwear fit into the bakery story. Ooh, I can think of disgusting ways. Okay, come on. <laughs> right? I was like, "There, where is this going? No, I send my kids to go get the bread. Yeah, with or without underwear. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. <laughs> you don't have to answer that. We don't want to embarrass the children on air. This interruption is brought to you by Unpublished. Do you want to know more about the members and Book Interrupted? Go behind the scenes? Visit our website at www.bookinterrupted.com. Book interrupted. Hey, this is Leah. Oh, this audio interruption is about how I can't ever seem to get it together on a Sunday. We usually do our recordings on a Sunday, and I always plan to be here like two hours in advance, set up so I can go nice and slow, make some tea before we start, and without fail, it's always crazy, mad, scramble, dash, don't have it together, probably wearing my pajamas, (laughs) like leave it. It's just the nature of Sunday. Why? Why? I even work most Sundays. It's like a normal work day for me, but I can never get it together on a Sunday. So that's my boring interruption. Book interrupted. It's book report time. We're going to find out from each member their final thoughts. And do they recommend the book? Let's listen. Hello, Kara here again. I finished reading Burnout by Emily Nagoski and Amelia Nagoski, and I would love to share a book report with you. I had heard Amelia and Emily on Brene Brown's podcast, and I really liked what they were sharing, which is, of course, what spurred me selecting this book and offering it as my pick to book interrupted but also just because i wanted to continue the conversation so that's why i chose my book first and read it so very long ago because i felt like that was just my introductory to a very interesting conversation that i heard on the podcast and i just wanted a little bit more from the authors i wanted to better understand like kind of what drove them to write this book why did they choose to take such a feminist lens what prompted them to look at what I'm going to call unconventional ways of processing and cycling through stress. Although in reality, I think that they are quite normal 
suggestions that the authors offer, which is backed by substantial research. I say uncommon though, because my opinion of late is, and again, I'm just speaking in general terms here. So from what I've observed, and I've been working in a mental health clinic for a good few years now, is oftentimes we try to, when we are struggling, either with noticing feelings of depression or anxiety, in particular noticing burnout and stress within ourselves, and sometimes I've noticed we try to, what is the most complicated answer that is the solution? to saving me or fixing me or how fancy can I get with my self-care regimen, you know, when what I appreciated about the women is I feel like they went back to fundamentals 101, that it's not fancy, it's foundational. And how can we look at ourselves more like members of the animal kingdom, more like humans that have come from nature? And how can we get back to basics? Looking at not only just our psychology, but our physiology and biologically what is occurring. So that's why I kind of use the term unconventional because for me what Amelia and Emily are sharing are like a breath of fresh air but in some ways the information that they're sharing it's almost like a renaissance it's kind of like tactics or tools things that I believe that humans have had access to for thousands of years but along the line you know we might have lost track of what is the simplest solution here so I like and this is totally because I am a moving person. I am a kinesthetic learner. I like that they're just like, how about using your body and your breath work? How about that? And I got to tell you, using some of the suggestions from the authors in conjunction with some of the suggestions that come from, have you heard of the group, the Conscious Leadership Group? I believe that they are out of Chicago in the States, but they've also published a book called The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership. I'd say between those two books, The Burnout and The 15 Commitments, that's my toolkit nowadays. That is like personally my toolkit, all of the suggestions, as well as what I help and offer to some of my clients who are seeking a bit of support with mental health or stress or burnout. I love that the sisters make a strong case for connections and relationships and they equate the importance of connections and relationships to being just as important as getting fresh water, regular sleep, that actually we can't be optimal beings unless we have that community support and the connections. And I also just really like both from the burnout book and the 15 commitments, just really paying attention to, can you name the emotion that has presented itself? And you don't have to get uber specific. You can just get into the ballpark like, oh, I think I'm in the realm of happiness. I think I'm in the realm of sadness. I think I'm in the realm of anger, if you can name it. If your first step can be, it's okay. We don't need to understand it. We don't need to overanalyze it. That can certainly come. We don't need to resist those, but that we don't need to lead with uh, trying to get more analytical 
and cerebral with understanding the emotional response. I like that, you know, the authors kind of look at emotion as energy or just think of energy as emotion, conversely, e-motion, energy in motion. And how can we use sounds? It doesn't necessarily have to be linguistic. It doesn't have to be an actual English language or French or German or anything like that. It could just be more primal. Like happiness sounds like this and anger sounds like this. And to pair kind of like an audible utterance with a physical movement that matches the emotion and to help that to try to dissipate and release the 90 minute emotional cycle. Because otherwise you're just repressing and recycling it. So both books touch upon that, and I am so grateful for the work that the Nagoski sisters uh, put out there. I highly recommend this book to everyone. It's just so helpful, extremely helpful. And that's about all I've got to say about that. Two thumbs up. I'd highly recommend reading it, and you're going to walk away with a bunch of new insights and tools. And yeah, I think it was wonderful. Alrighty, take care. All right, well, I'm done, burnout. And yeah, I didn't hate the book. I think a lot of the stuff is stuff I already knew. When I was especially a teenager, I did take on a lot, did everything for everybody else. I burnt out quite a bit and I would emotionally, you know, go through a lot of things into my 20s. And so I learned at a fairly young age how I could take care of myself and how I could mentally be okay to be able to give when I could give. And so a lot of the stuff in the book, like knowing I need a certain amount of sleep, keeping a support system around me, gratitude, all of these things are things that I do on a regular basis because I know that I'll be no use to anyone if I don't do certain things in order to keep my mental health and my physical health well. And so for me, a lot of it was things I already knew. I do have, I know I talked about it in my second personal journal, the human giver syndrome. And I think the thing that's bugging me about it is that they're saying that all women have this, first of all, kind of. To, the, to me, this is what I got, that all women have this. And this is something we have to struggle against maybe or it's okay like I'm not quite sure what their point was but it kind of made it seem like if you didn't have this human giver syndrome and if you didn't sacrifice your whole life for other people and that you didn't burn out yourself all the time because you were giving 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 that you weren't I don't know like good enough woman just felt like almost like they were shaming me for not having this human giver syndrome because I know my boundaries and I know how much I can give and I know that I can't give everything to everybody. I also don't have kids. So I think that that may be a huge difference. Well, it is a huge difference because I can be selfish and I can say, look, I need my eight hours sleep. Sorry, I can't do this for you. Almost making me feel guilty about setting boundaries and about getting enough sleep and about doing all the things that they tell me to do in the book which is weird because I never generally feel guilty about it. But then I feel guilty about not feeling guilty. Does that make any sense? You know, they do say that women will shame you. Other women who are giving too much that shame you for 
not giving too much, even though they shouldn't be giving too much. Like it's a whole circle thing. Anyways, so that's kind of the one thing about the book that really kind of, mm, I don't know, just made me feel weird because I'm not the stereotype of what they're talking about as a woman. So I didn't hate the book. You know, I would definitely recommend it for people that are going through burnout and don't have the techniques in their repertoire to be able to handle that or deal with it. I think the exercises look great. I didn't do any of them, but maybe I should. Maybe I will at some point. You know, I know I work a ton and there are moments when I feel like I'm going to burn out at work, but then I take time away from work. So I don't know. Anyways, I think maybe I'll go back and read and actually do the exercises and we'll see. Anyways, thanks for the book choice. I thought it was interesting and I'm, I'm glad I read it. And, you know, I think there are things there that will stick with me. And I know that if I'm going through a period of time when I forget all of these things, this is a good resource to come back and to look at and to maybe do the exercises and get me back on track. All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Bye. It's time for the book report of Burnout, The Secret to Unlocking the Stress Cycle. Last time I was here, I stated that I would be finishing the book, and now I'm here to admit that I didn't. I really tried to, and I think that the book has some very valid points. And there's things in there that I really agree with, but I really didn't like it. There's a lot of things that rubbed me the wrong way, and I did mention that in the, my last personal journal where they referred to this guy as a cutie patootie that kind of turned me off but there was more and I think what I finally did give up on the book was this I'm just gonna have to read it to you here sometimes connection is emotional support sometimes it's information and education like the medical professionals helping her relearn how to live in a body and sometimes it's cooking carpools dishes dusting putting things back where they belong Public health theory calls it instrumental support. Okay, I'm going to stop right there because I agree with that. That's great, right? I was like, oh yeah, that's good. And then it says, to Julie, it felt like, quote, having a wife. And I uh, just, I have a very supportive, I hate saying a supportive partner. I have a partner who shares the workload at home and we both do kind of everything except for a couple things that maybe I just do that or he just does that but we don't have blue and pink jobs that's not how we work and I am not afraid to ask him for help and he's not afraid to ask me for help I hope <laughs> I hope and so maybe the audience of this book is you know a woman who feels trapped in her gender roles and that she has to take on all the responsibilities and do all the carpooling and doing the dishes and putting things where they're supposed to be. But then I also wonder, so maybe they're trying to relate to this person by saying, to Julie, it felt like having a wife. But I think that kind of damages their message where they're trying to say, you don't have to burn out trying to live up to the expectations of society, but then also using the language that kind of reinforces, these are the expectations of society. It's, it's kind of, it rubbed me the wrong way. So... You know, maybe it's, I'm just not that person that wants to hear that or empathizes with it or feels like that's what being a wife is to me. Anyway, I, uh, do I recommend the book? I don't recommend the book. Again, I agreed with some of the things it said in there. For example, if you want to change how you view body image and what you think is beautiful and acceptable, then expose yourself to lots of different bodies and really look at them and be like, that's beautiful. And, you know, like broaden your 
horizons or try to work against the bias. I'm totally for that. If there's some expectation you're feeling from society or feeling bad about yourself, then maybe work hard at changing those biases to biases to feel better. Anyway, I'm sorry, Kara. I love you, but I don't love this book. So that's okay. Because, you know, I don't think half the group read my book. So that's just how it goes. This is my final personal journal for the book Burnout. I did not finish it and I did not finish it on purpose. So I don't know how qualified I am to really give a book report when I didn't read the book. I will say that one good thing came out of it, which was learning that you can complete a stress cycle physiologically by kissing someone for six seconds. So I thought that was awesome and I've been doing it with my husband ever since I learned it. More for him than me. (laughs) Anyway, so I don't feel qualified to recommend the book or not, so I can't really say. As you heard at the end of our group discussion, I kind of said the same thing. I don't really have anything against it, I just didn't read it, so I don't feel like I'm in the know enough to tell someone they should read it. I guess I could tell them I didn't really like it and I stopped reading it, which might be an anti-recommendation. But again, like at the end of the group, I'm going to be quite ambivalent about my opinion. That's really all I have to say about it because, as I've said repeatedly during this personal journal, I didn't read it. Hello, this is my book report for Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski. Nagoski, sorry if I'm saying it wrong. I really enjoyed this book. It is perfectly timed for me in what I need. And right now I am feeling particularly burnt out. I've been feeling particularly burnt out. And I have been listening to this book on Audible for the last month or so on really long walks, which has been really soothing. And it's just the right time. I started doing the walks right when I started reading the book and kind of doing both at the same time has helped me to process my stress to complete my stress cycle maybe a little bit. It's been really, really helpful. Just, I love anything that adds a bit of a scientific lens to why and the how of how I'm feeling. And I love all the tips and tricks they offer. I would recommend this book to any female who feels run down, overdone, too stressed. And I certainly have just been feeling that way lately. Uh, This is the little artwork I did for the book. I tucked it into the book. So that might give you an idea or indication of how I've been feeling. It's kind of unraveling. That's kind of where I'm at. It's like kind of undoing. And now I want to redo. So hopefully uh, I'm on the the down side of the slope of the mountain. The easier part. I just feel like I'm really in a transformative place and I want to make some changes because I've been feeling so much burnout and this book just was right time right place right information so thank you Kara for recommending the book I would recommend it to others okay see you later bye all right final book report for burnout the secret to unlocking the stress cycle so I would recommend this book for me five years ago, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, so I would love this book five years ago because I was feeling really burnt out, 
and a lot of the examples they give in this book I was feeling and dealing with I think there's a lot of very interesting things I didn't know about like how sleep contributes to diabetes I thought that was very interesting I'd never ever heard that before and I'm a bit of a health nut I also really liked the section on the bikini industry they brought a lot of research about how people that are overweight or considered obese aren't necessarily un that unhealthy. So I thought that was really interesting too because that is a bias and I recognize that bias in me. I also like that they say something in it, they all quote, they say we're not saying that beautiful is what your body should be. We're saying beautiful is what your body already is. I like that, they're just reinforcing things I already think and believe. I also like the mad woman part but once again, I've kind of already dealt with that in my life. I referred to it from Eckhart Tolle's pain body. I named my pain body Sally, blah, blah, blah. But basically that's my mad woman. However, something I never considered was they say to become friends with your mad woman. And I don't, I'm the opposite. I'm like all of those personalities I have that I consider negative, like my pain body or my ego or by victim, whatever it is that pops up. I'm the opposite. I'm like brutally cruel to them. <laughs> Get the hell out of here. That kind of thing. And I've mentioned this on other episodes. So I never considered becoming friends with my mad woman. So I'll consider that next time one of them shows their tricky little scenarios in my life. And in my mind, I will, instead of immediately recognizing them and tell them to get lost, I might see what it feels like to have sympathy for them. So there you go. So I would recommend this to anyone who's, I can clearly see feeling this. I got some things out of it, but not really. I'm not in a stage in my life right now that I'm feeling like this, but I feel like if you have someone in your life that you know is burning out and maybe having health problems and taking on too much and perfectionism and blah, 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 because I struggle with all those things, then I would definitely recommend this book. One of the things actually I want to criticize the book about, one of the things they said during active rest was you could be doing some different task and that would be considered rest. So they're talking about one of the authors, she was still working in music and she was writing this book, but then also writing a fictional novel. So that was her active rest. I feel like in at least Canadian culture or North American culture, I think we need to learn to actually actively rest that's not, that's being productive. And I think people that are type A personalities, like they were saying in this book, need to actually learn how to, you know, live, enjoy life, actually rest, and not always be looking to do something productive because I have that issue as well. And I think it's beneficial to do active rest that doesn't consist of doing another productive project on the side, but maybe baby steps. Okay, well, that's my book report. I recommend it for some, but I personally didn't need this book at this time in my life. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Book Interrupted. If you'd like to see the video highlights from this episode, please go to our YouTube channel. Be sure to subscribe and you'll be notified when there's new content. Want to be part of the conversation? Have your voice heard on our fan episode next week or recommend a book and you could be joining us for a six-week book cycle. Find out more by going to www.bookinterrupted.com fans.
Are you interested in joining the conversation and having your comment played on the podcast? Simply find a quiet place and record a voice memo. Then send it to connect at bookinterrupted.com. Or you could do it the old-fashioned way and leave us a voicemail at 416-900-8603. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Book Interrupted. Never forget, every child matters.